Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Friday. It is Friday, uh, February 11th. I have to remember what month I'm in. And it is the uh, end of the second week of February. So kind of halfway through, right? Almost halfway through. And with that, uh, hey, we did have a, kind of a down day yesterday. We'll talk about that more uh, when Dave joins us in just a few moments. Uh, that'll be coming up here. But before we do that, please remember, that uh, I know I, I sound like I'm beating a dead horse some days, but it is important that you understand how much risk you have in your portfolio. And so many people I meet with don't don't know. They just don't know. They've gone through the the quote, you know, risk tolerance questionnaire, but it doesn't really equate their risk uh, to their number, what that number really is on a scale of one to 100. And that's why we developed the core retirement design to help you design the retirement you always dreamed of. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design. And with that, we've got Dave coming up next. She could be singing it to her IRA because of you, I'm afraid. But we're here to try to allay your fears a little bit this morning. It's 840. 20 before 9, time to check in on your money and see how that IRA and 401k are doing for you this morning. Sometimes we can explain why things go and we just can't explain the sense of them, so we're going to do that right now with the help of Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services. Philip, good morning. How are you this morning? Hey, good morning, David. Doing well at the end of this second full week of February. And uh, the markets, man, did they disappoint yesterday, kind of falling off a cliff uh, mid-afternoon yesterday. I can't honestly say I was overly shocked by the turn of events. First of all, the inflation numbers yesterday morning, a uh, 40-year record on inflation. And then a little afternoon, the response to the inflation number finally got to the bond market, and the federal 10-year bond bumped over 2% yield and boy, did that unimpress the indexes. It was kind of interesting. I expected the uh, NASDAQ to go down faster, but actually the Dow went down faster than the other indexes do on that bit of news. Yeah, they, they did, and they, they really started falling fast. I mean, I, I, I had some appointments yesterday afternoon, so I looked at it at lunchtime, and it was down, but it was, okay, you know, not, not drastic. And I didn't get a chance to look at it until after 4 o'clock, and my goodness, I'm thinking, what in the world happened? It Because uh, it was a big drop yesterday afternoon. Oh, absolutely. To quantify for folks that don't watch it day by day while we're talking about what on earth happened, uh, Dow fell 526 points yesterday. The Standard & Poor's went down by 83. NASDAQ was down by 305. That's a full 2.1% on the index overall through the day. Uh, not a good day by any measure. It started out with just an absolutely crapola inflation number. 7.5% inflation is nobody's idea of good news. And then as folks got out of the market a little bit in response to that. They bought a lot of federal bonds, and that drove the 10-year yield up past 2%, and that's what we're referring to with the uh, Dow kind of falling off the face of the earth much more suddenly than NASDAQ did, but NASDAQ was just generally kind of sinking downward gradually all darn day. Well, that's right, and so we continue to watch that. I mean, and you're right, inflation numbers yesterday were um, – I don't know, catastrophic may not be the right word, but they were definitely way, way higher than expected. And the issue is, is that more and more economists think that that is going to be the norm for the rest of this year, maybe even next year. 
That was probably the news item that you had yesterday morning that made me want to drop my false teeth, the idea that one of the economists is actually saying that 7 7.5% inflation is what we got to get used to for the rest of this year as well, because that's not, you know, that would be 14% across two years. Dave, that's not one economist. That was the average survey. That was the, the low number of the average survey that came through um, from this report I was reading. Just a minute. Let me put my teeth back in. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was one guy's opinion, but it wasn't. It seems to be the opinion of a whole host of economists. And that's not good news. Speaking of opinions and one guy's opinion, this one you told me about when we first went on this morning, I get delayed quotes here because you're a pro. You get the non-delayed quotes. And uh, there was an article in Bloomberg this morning. Now, you and I have been talking about the notion that the way things are looking with inflation, we won't be at all surprised next month when the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee decides to kick interest rates up by a half a percent, possibly, you know, possibly even more than that, in one meeting. Well, Bloomberg was say one source, one credible news source, but still just one source, so they didn't think that might happen. And boy, that kind of changed the market attitude a little bit this morning, didn't it? Yeah, in, in quotes, I've got the Fed doesn't yet favor a half a point hike or an emergency move, unquote. And so, um, you know, so as soon as this report came out from Bloomberg, the, um, the, the futures started to, uh, to look better. I mean, when I first looked at the futures this morning, I think I saw down 150 some points. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, by the time I got here this morning, it was a mixed bag. The Dow was green. Everything else was red. Now we've got everything green. I mean, not huge green, but man, it's green, which is a lot better than it was at, uh, at five o'clock this morning. Bottom line is, I think we've got investors that are just looking for any reason to feel any optimism. I mean, put it in the balance of all the data that we've got. Uh, Jay Paulson is an historic econ uh, monetarist as far as his, his fiscal discipline is concerned. His vice chairperson, nominated by President Biden and now on the board, was basically using her confirmation hearings to tell everybody they were going to kick us where it hurts and do it a lot in order to control inflation. So we've got the chemistry on the Fed. Plus, people like Bullard from the St. Louis Fed saying, boy, it looks like we need to do something fast. And then as credible as Bloomberg News can be, that's one source, and they're kind of an outlier, and the market is just responding to that like it's party time. You know, um, in 2008, Dave, we called this hopium, hopium, you know, <laughs> um, not opium, but hopium. And, uh, and, and that seems to be maybe what's driving our markets a little bit now is, uh, is that, that cause right now. And so that, that can be a little concerning, but because we have to see what the numbers actually end up being, and that won't be until, what, the middle of uh, March, I think, isn't it? Yeah, because they don't meet in February, so we've got a whole month to keep this topic of conversation going. We're going to be bored silly by it by the time March 15th hits. Well, that, that's right, and we will, because we'll continue to see articles like the Bloomberg article that's going to come out with predictions, and, uh, and that's going to skew what happens in the market for that day or that period of time. Oh, yeah. Now, now, tomorrow or Monday, Barron's will come out with an article saying it's going to be three quarters of a percent and everything's going to tank, right? It's all on selling the paper. 
<laughs> there are some things that are concrete that we can actually say we know about today, and among others, the fact that earnings season is going. Few household names out there. I'm getting so many emails from Zillow saying, hey, there's a house in your neighborhood for sale. You really ought to buy it. And I keep saying, my God, I got a mortgage that rivals the 30-year federal bonds. I ain't moving anything. <laughs> I guess, I guess they're doing a little bit better, huh? Zillow really had a good good uh, quarter. I mean, they didn't go positive yet. Uh, they're still losing money, but uh, but a lot less than expected. They're expected to lose like a dollar seven a share. They lost forty two cents a share. If you remember, we talked about Zillow. I think it was probably towards the end of last year. They decided mm -hmm. to shed their home flipping business, um, and in that process, that gave them an eight hundred eighty one million dollar loss. Um, which is included, I believe, in that 42 cents. So, so that really doesn't look uh, bad at all. And so, so folks are really liking uh, Zillow right now. They're actually up a little over 12.5% this morning. Good to see one thing growing fast today after yesterday's shellacking we took. Yeah, you take that uh, millions and millions of dollars off of that thing, they might have actually been cash flow positive without the paper loss. They could have. Now I'm looking at their 52-week high, and it's uh, it's astronomical compared to where they are today. Almost four times what it is. I mean, right now it would trade at about $54. Their 52-week high was $212. So um, they're really still trading down towards the bottom of their 52-week range right now. Yeah, but nice to see them bouncing upward anyway, isn't it? It is. It, re it really is. Um, you know, we talk about travel. And, uh, and so Expedia reported they did uh, substantially better than expected. Uh, they're expected to only make like 69 cents a share. They made a dollar six. Revenue was, was a little short of what expectations were, but not by much at all. Uh, the COVID impact uh, was significant over the quarter, but less severe than you know, what they'd seen in, in prior periods of time. And so we see Expedia benefiting from those numbers up 6% this morning. Actually, it'll be a new 52-week high day. I'm kind of getting the feeling that the fourth quarter was pretty good to the travel industry because we kind of had a pause and we were shrugging off the Omicron. That's right. And everybody was ready, you know, to, to any, any instance where they thought they could get out and go, they went. Oh, uh, yeah. They call it pent-up pent demand after a year right. and a half of being locked up. And then we had uh, Under Armour reported as well today. Uh, they, uh, they made 14 cents a share. That was double expectations. Uh, revenue was better than expected. Uh, demand is up. Higher prices. They've been able to implement some higher prices. They are still um, having some supply chain issues. Um, and they say that supply chain issues is going to cost them uh, in their gross margin about 2%. Um, and so... Uh, that's got uh, Under Armour under a little pressure this morning, down a, a little over 2% this morning. I'm kind of assuming the bulk of their product is made over in the Far East, which is not exactly a path you want to ship stuff from these days. Well, that, that's, I think you're probably right. That's probably the truth. It is, that, is not, uh, that, that causes problems right there in itself. Um, we had Yelp. We've talked about Yelp in the past because um, they struggled a couple of years ago. Uh, but they had better than expected earnings as well. They doubled uh, their expectations, came in at 30 cents a share. Uh, the uh, reported better than expected earnings. And so Yelp's getting a nice little bump today, up almost six and a half percent. Cool. Now your basic yeah. how to slay your neighborhood business website. 
let's talk about one more. And I'm going to mm. kind of fall on the low note today. Um, affirm Holdings. Now, Affirm, if you don't remember, they got a lot of notoriety because they, I believe, are the ones that hooked up with Amazon to do the, uh, you know, buy now, pay later plans. And I remember. So, yep. And so yesterday they had a little snafu. They uh, they tweeted out their earnings report early. They weren't supposed to come out until after the market closed. Uh, they tweeted them out yesterday about midday. Um, and that when that happened, the stock started to plummet uh, during trading. And then yesterday ended up down, I think, a little over 20% yesterday. Um, obviously, that means they, they missed. Uh, uh, lower volume, lower volume than expected from those type of transactions. And this morning's not much better, Dave. They're down another uh, 8.4% right now. Still above their 52-week low, but just barely at $53.75 a share. Add to the fact that somebody in their IT department doesn't know what the heck they're doing doesn't add to their credibility at all, right? That's right. I mean, uh, hey, who wants to let your earnings out a little early? <laughs> Especially when it's not good news. Yeah, yeah exactly. Setting the table again was a bloodbath on Wall Street yesterday, especially for the last four hours of the open hours. Uh, Dow was down by a percent and a half. S&P was down by 1.8 percent. NASDAQ took the cake with a down, a down day of 2.1 percent. We're kind of alluding to a kind of a weird change off of that Bloomberg article. Philip, how are we doing 45 minutes early? Hey, we do have some green ink across the indexes. The Dow's up below between uh, uh, one and two tenths of a percent. Uh, the S and P five hundred is up two tenths of a percent. The Nasdaq one hundred is actually up a little over a quarter of a percent. The big gainer right now, Dave, is the Russell two thousand, up mm. uh, three quarters of a percent right now. Uh, so some some good movement there. On the commodity side, we see silver down two percent. It's, it's doing its best to keep its nose above $23 an ounce. And we've got gold down six tenths of a percent, still well above 1800. And crude oil is, uh, man, it's up 1.2% to $90.95 a barrel right now, Dave. I've got a delayed quote at 91.24. I like your number better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> Overseas markets were all stinko yesterday. You should probably expect based on our performance. Asian rim markets were all down between, uh, oh, a half and three quarters of a percent. Europe is looking at us and wondering if we know what we're doing this morning. They're trading down fractionally. Uh, France is down by about nine-tenths of a percent, but the Germans are looking at us and saying, yeah, only 15 hundredths of a percent down. I should notice that my ticker on the 10-year Treasury notes just went up to a 2% yield again, Philip. That probably isn't good news, is it? No, I, I just saw that, too, that it was heading up a little bit. Uh, it's definitely not, uh, not where you want to be right now. Yeah, some computer somewhere is pushing the buy button even as we speak. Uh, that's one of the things that causes things to move quickly. We learned that yesterday, and that's kind of called volatility. When it comes to your retirement account, that's a bad thing. How do I find you to get the volatility out of my retirement? David, give us a call at 863-382-0037. Uh, catch our radio show, the Statler Financial Radio Show, this weekend, uh, 6 a.m. at noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk, 730 and 95.3 FM. All righty, and back here again on Monday on Light FM. Philip, you have a dynamite weekend. We'll talk to you then. All right, buddy, you too. Thanks. Thank you. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler, are you near retirement? Hey, folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. 
I hope you have a, had a great week and have a great weekend as well. I look forward to seeing you on Monday. Until then, so long.